Is it possible to be in a worse state than that of not knowing nor believing in God? In other words, is there a condition worse than being an atheist? Well, according to the Bible, the answer is yes. If you cut your teeth on animal crackers in preschool, Sunday school, and pretty much grew up in the church like I did, you may have wound up with a worldview that looks something like this. There's a heaven and there's a hell, and to attain the former and to avoid the latter, you say a prayer to Jesus and thereby escape the dreaded flames. Now, I don't want to go too deep into different doctrines. That's not the goal of this particular podcast. But that is the vague philosophy I understood as I was discipled in the American church. And what I found is that after returning to my faith, after a season of youthful foolishness and self-living, it felt like I was hearing and reading the words of scripture for the very first time with brand new ears and eyes. And I found that the theology I'd grown up with was consistently being challenged by my Bible. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus tells a parable to illustrate what will happen to an unfaithful and unruly servant who was surprised by his master's unexpected return. Jesus says, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of his household to give the others their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whose master returns and finds him doing his job. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Suppose that servant is wicked and says in his heart, my master will be away a long time. And he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day he does not expect and at an hour he does not anticipate. The master of that servant will come on a day he does not expect. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's Matthew 24, verses 45 through 51. Did you catch that? This is talking about a servant, someone who is working for the master, that's Jesus, and who perhaps at the outset was doing what he was supposed to do, but at some point... He just stopped being responsible with what he was entrusted with. And all of a sudden, the master shows up, says he cuts him to pieces and assigns him a place with the hypocrites. Who are the hypocrites? Well, Jesus openly called the Pharisees who claimed devotion to God, but did not have the love of the Father, hypocrites. A pastor friend of mine, Jake Kale, wrote a phenomenal book, on the nature of hypocrisy. And one of the startling things he revealed in there is that the word hypocrite in the Greek really doesn't mean what you might think. That is, we tend to think of a hypocrite or use that word to define a person who has a standard he or she fails to live up to. But rather, a hypocrite in the original Greek is someone who wears a mask. It's a stage actor. A hypocrite is someone who has wickedness in his or her heart and yet pretends to do good and to care about people. World history is full of political figures who were hypocrites. They made promises to the people, but upon coming into office, almost instantly their true nature was revealed. They were greedy and they were cruel. They seize private businesses, maybe they seize land, and they use the military to crush their political foes. A hypocrite might be someone you see in church 
who asks a lot of the congregation as far as their resources. Maybe they're always um, looking for financial resources. Maybe it's for people's time. Maybe it's just their emotional resources. But this is someone who fails to grow in their knowledge of God as time goes on. I mean, all those things are normal um, for some people, for people just coming into the faith. They, they might be very needy. They might um, have a lot of discipleship requirements. But at some point, these people who require all this just never seem to, to grow. There's a failure to thrive. They never gain wisdom. They never seem interested in surrender to Christ and to personal holiness. So a hypocrite is someone who promises or pretends or speaks a good speech, and yet inwardly they are after destructive things to the detriment of those around them and ultimately to themselves. And in Matthew 24, verse 51, Jesus says, He will cut that servant to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, that doesn't sound like any description I've heard of heaven. Um, it does sound a lot like some descriptions of hell. Remember, this is a parable by Jesus talking not about someone who's never heard of him, doesn't know him, but about someone who has been left in charge of doing God's work, but has been unfaithful in carrying it out. Um, does anyone else find that unsettling? In the same book of Matthew, in chapter 7, Jesus talks about a group of people that did all kinds of incredible things. They cast out demons and they performed miracles and they prophesied. And yet, he says to them, Depart from me, you doers of lawlessness. I never knew you. These are people who invoke the name of Jesus, appear to be ministering in his name, and yet at the end of their lives, when they face him, boom, the scariest words in the history of mankind uttered by the mouth of God. I never knew you. Depart from me. Peter, in his second letter to the church, gives dire warnings to people that would come under the influence of false prophets. Listen to what he says. He says, for a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Indeed, if these people have escaped the corruption of the world through their knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, only to be entangled and overcome by it again, then their final condition is worse than it was at first. It would have been better for them to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn away from the holy commandment passed on to them. Are you hearing that? Peter is in essence saying it's possible to initially come into a knowledge of God and escape condemnation, only to fall into error. And when that error overtakes you, you don't get out of it. You don't repent of it. Your final condition is worse than it was before you ever knew the Lord. Guys, this is really serious, sobering stuff. There are many other verses that I could pull from scripture, but I'm just going to give you one more here. And this is found in Jude. Jude's that little tiny book right before the book of Revelation at the end of the Bible. And Jude says of people who come into the church, but really have no desire to lay down their lives 
to the Lord. He says, woe to them. They have traveled the path of Cain. They have rushed headlong into the air of Balaam. They have perished in Korah's rebellion. These men are hidden reefs. What do reefs do? They shipwreck in your love feast, shamelessly feasting with you, but shepherding only themselves. See, they eat, they partake, they drain your resources, but they only really care about directing themselves. They're clouds without water. There's no refreshing. There's no nutrients coming from them. They're carried along by the wind. Whichever way the wind blows, they go. Fruitless trees in autumn. At the time of harvest, they're not producing anything. Again, this lines up with the Pharisees. It lines up with the hypocrites. It's not individuals who occasionally goof up. These are people who have patterns in their lives of self-will and self-fulfillment as opposed to living for the Lord and loving others. All these passages refer to people who might very well call themselves Christians. We, in fact, might call them Christians. But the problem is they don't truly fear the Lord. They don't really know him. And as such, they will come to church and partake of the things of believers. But in the end, they're denied access to Christ's presence in heaven because they did not know him on earth. This is terrifying because I know people and you know people, I am guessing, who fit this description. These are people that we care about, people that we want to see in heaven. And the first order of business is to be certain that this description is not true of you.